Yeah. I'm all ears. <laughs> but not right now. But not right now. Um, <laughs> because right now... What is it brought to you by Quip or some bullshit? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now it's, it's uh, oh. every thirty seconds it brushes your teeth. This <laughs> until you die for the yeah. rest of your life. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Mm. Well designed, compact, elegant electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. Wow. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs that's tryquip.com slash thumbs you can get ten dollars off your first brush head refill uh, cool real cool wow <laughs> wow it's september 21st it's september 21st <laughs> it's september 21st 2017 this is a part of true um, for the Idle Thumbs. From the Idle Thumbs. <laughs> you guys are throwing me off my game. From Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Primo. I'm Nick Brecken. No, Nick. But Confidence. What? what are we talking oh, about? Oh. I'm Nick Brecken. That's right. And I'm Jake Rodkin, Nick's dad. <laughs> okay. This is a strange... I always remember when he said, confidence, confidence, <laughs> I remember before when I introduced my I always breakfast. remember when my dad used to scream, it's September 21st! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every, every morning in, every morning in the Brecken household. And here we are on that auspicious you. day. Yeah. <laughs> I would wake up and just say, I'm Nick Brecken, and then go to school. For 18 years, yeah. your dad would declare, it's September 21st, 2017. And you never knew what he meant. Until now, mm. when you still really don't know what that means. Uh, what I knew is that I would be doing a podcast on that day pretending to be Nick Brecken's dad screaming at him. My dad this... wanted to come to this recording actually. So that... Wait, is that true? <laughs> yeah, he really wanted to come here. Oh. So maybe he did because he knew it was September 21st, wow. 2017. And this is all just an incredible Why strange Why did your dad want to come to this recording? I don't know. Is he just a proud dad? He's just a dad. Mm. He just wanted to see how the sausage is made and I was like, it's not pretty. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> it's He's really a... boring. We talk about yeah. garbage. I mean, is he, what is he doing now? What is he actually doing? Oh, probably drinking tea. You said that so disdainfully. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know. He just, he, he's a dad. He wakes up, he drinks tea for like six hours and thinks about going to the golf course. You should have brought him in. Is he going to be here next week? Uh, nope. Oh, bummer. Unfortunately, no. Bummer. Yeah. What if we'd opened this episode with your dad sitting there saying, I'm Nick Brecken. Think about how good, <laughs> think about the good podcast we left behind by not having your dad swap in as you. We could have had you on call, ready to... Ready to tag in? Yeah. If he flagged? Yeah, that, I don't I don't know about that. Um, Imagine that tag team podcast that starts with all of our dads on mic. Oh, my God. No. I mean, that <laughs> that would be fine. I don't know. That is one of the most, like, petrifying... I, I can't even begin... To imagine that would I would I would I would quit the podcast and cancel the podcast forever before that before I allowed that to occur. I'm sorry that I suggested it, Chris. <laughs> it's fine, but it would definitely never happen. Nick's dad, though, I've met Nick's dad. <laughs> let's okay. just let's just not do okay. this podcast. Right. Well, okay. in the okay. in the spirit of important of true, what if it was my dad, Nick Brecken, claiming to be his dad, and your bird that asks about almonds, <laughs> <laughs> but we all claim that it's our dads. <laughs> Well, that bird was only, I mean, that bird is sadly no longer with us, but that bird was only really comfortable around a dad, so that may have worked, that may have worked out. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry about that bird, Chris. That's okay. Uh, he had a long, he had a long life. Of being miserable and tortured by his own, <laughs> by the figurative and literal cage surrounding him. Do you want to explain what you're talking about? Or are you just going to imply that I, like, slow motion tortured a bird for two decades? Chris had a bird that uh, always, uh, the only sentence, or one of the only sentences that it seemed to know was, do you want an almond? But it's only because people said that to the bird, not because it wanted almonds. So it yeah. would always ask that. People would feed it almonds, and then it would throw them on the ground uh, <laughs> in disgust. <laughs> it was, I mean. Also, it lived in a cage. So those were the two cages to which I was referring. Right. Uh, for the first few years of its life, it was, I think, pretty into almonds. Um, you know, their food. But if the only yeah, if the only like, sentence that you could, this is an important if true question. What if the only sentence you could say was, <laughs> "Give me my favorite food"? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then ten pounds of it would appear in front of you. Yeah. Except, well, you could. Okay, that sentence. If you could say, "Give me my no," favorite first, food, first pick your favorite actually, food and then right, ask for exactly, it forever. And then ask for that one food. But if you could say, "Pick, give me my favorite food," great, you're set. Yeah, no, forever. that that bird, yeah. for, for what it's worth, is the patron saint of important if true because it was basically cursed by a genie where it said, "I wish that's, I could have my favorite food all the time. <laughs> yeah, I wish that yeah. I could just always ask people true. for my favorite food and they would give it to me." And the genie says, "What's your favorite food?" It's like, oh, this almond. All right. Okay. 
Enjoy the rest of your time on this planet. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And it probably is the equivalent of 10 pounds of food for that bird. Yeah. Oh, it's been, it was more than 10 pounds. And it was probably, that bird was probably throwing it on the ground trying to kill you for giving it that almond, but it doesn't understand scale because it's a tiny creature. Yeah. Speaking of that. That's um, right, Chris. That was my perfect segue. That was an amazing wow. segue. Well done. Uh, Alexandra writes, <clears throat> hey, Thumbs, we live in a basement apartment which comes with the usual array of creepy crawlies like spiders and centipedes. After a brush with one of these many-legged creatures during the night, long story short, the cat is a lifesaver, it got me thinking about what the world is like for a centipede. Does the adage of, it's more afraid of you than you are of it, hold up? Or are we just so gargantuan that we don't even register for them? What would it be like having no concerns about space and gravity as they can walk anywhere? Stay spicy, Alex and Peter. What's up, Nick? No, I just like the idea that a, a, just a centipede has no concerns with space and gravity. I mean, it, I guess it's, I mean, kind of, but not really. The it's not like it can just fly. Lord of the like, universe. What, yeah, like, what? Space and gravity. What kind of centipede is this? No concern <laughs> the to this majestic. It can just creature. go to the moon. Like, what the. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm a centipede. <laughs> and then it sort of like wiggles its way up into the sky as it just rolls through the yeah. clouds. Yeah. <laughs> He's out, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of a centipede just sort of... My God is a, is you a see what looks like sort centipede. of the majestic falcon yeah. thing yeah. from, from <laughs> the never-ending story, but then the camera pulls way out to reveal that it's just a little centipede going... <laughs> through the sky. Oh, but it's, it's like, this is so sick! But it's like five feet away from your yeah. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, says this little like wriggling tiny yeah. thing as it is really just being carried away by the wind. Gravity yeah, right. yeah, yeah, to the, me! The camera zooms out very dramatically it's just there. Buzz it's just, yeah. Away. Yeah, yeah. it's just getting owned by something, but it, it's, it knows its true calling has been, has been realized. The centipede yeah. fears nothing. Yeah, it definitely doesn't fear anything at that point. Well, <laughs> it's just flying through the air away from everybody <laughs> that can harm it. The centipede, which is... Not only is it not bound by space or gravity, it is not bound by time mm. and has been waiting for September 21st, 2017 uh, in order to... My dad, the centipede. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that was my favorite middle grade uh, kids novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one, yeah. That one, it was a rare book that, that it, it won both the Newbery and the Caldecott of its year. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Classic. My dad, the centipede. The big mm-hmm. centipede. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big centipede was the was is the spinoff <laughs> oh, for right. like preschool yeah, aged yeah kids. the big red centipede the big red centipede yeah <laughs> God we have a question yeah I know I, I don't know to... if we should segue into that but I keep thinking no, about it let's talk about this it first. seems related <laughs> in some way but With that yeah. Clifford question yeah. yeah I don't know how the hell do we get to that oh we just I don't know we we just did on, on accident <laughs> yeah um, yeah I don't know is it more afraid of you than than you are of it. I mean, it doesn't I would know say to be afraid, right? If it's truly right? a master of g- gravity, space, and time, yeah. then it's probably not very afraid of you. Not because, but it more because it just doesn't even register <laughs> you. Like you, you, right. it is on such a higher plane of yeah. existence. Right. I was gonna say, how complicated do you get with this? Does the centipede look at you and say, "I was afraid of you once, but I am not afraid of you right. now"? Because, yeah. it, mm. because it, as of September twenty-first, I have transcended. I have arisen. Right. It it knows in this moment in time, it technically, the sort of being yeah. that uh, it is inside of is experiencing fear, but it as a fourth dimensional mm. being oh, yeah. can sort of I push see. that aside and and know all the times that it, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. it has conquered you right. and that you, it did not know of your existence. Luminous and therefore, beings are we, not this crude matter. Yes. Yoda, Star Wars. <laughs> yep. Yoda, Christ. I don't... What? <laughs> Fuck you. Yoda centipede. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I was just quoting Yoda centipede. Yeah. Uh, classic sage of the centipedes. <laughs> Yoda the centipede. What am I doing? I'm I sorry. I'm Accessible, this I, podcast is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, like, I like the idea that it also, it, it you know, ba- grew 100 legs through evolution, but doesn't actually need them because it can just fly away at any time that it needs to. That was those like were the, it just it yeah. grew the like more legs than anything else, but is also not constricted by space or time. <laughs> That's actually how it got there. It, that was an important evolutionary step. It needed to grow that many legs mm. to become such a master of its environment right. before it could truly elevate itself 
beyond Literally. that point. Yeah. 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 Humans, we've totally fucked ourselves over on that evolutionary chain because now that we only have, we don't even really have four, even though we have four limbs, really only two of them are legs. And that's really like, we are, we evolved in a different direction. So now we have like cars and airplanes and stuff, mm. but that's, we've got lazy. Yeah. We stopped growing those legs and now we're never going <laughs> to. So you're saying that a centipede d- isn't afraid of us. It's not more afraid of us than we are of them. It pities us. Yeah, I think so. A centipede so. sees mm. you and it sort of wriggles around, but like if you could speak centipede gestural language, the subtitle would say just, you're a fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just you're nothing. Yeah. I mean, if it- I'm going to climb on the ceiling, but that's nothing to me. Even you're impressed. Me, you're, me, you're, you're, <laughs> that's, it says that once for each hundred legs, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah. I imagine that a centipede is actually fucking freaked out by a person. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. think so. I, I just saw this. one in person in Hawaii, yeah, and that uh-huh. thing was massive. Uh-huh. And it just fifty people just scattered in different yeah. directions, and it just kind of went recognizing their and did not give a shit. Yeah. No, I yeah, I don't know. I think it probably depends a lot on just what it's acclimated to, right? I have to imagine it's like any creature that is around humans, which is that mm. if it was born into a world where humans have always just been moving around in proximity to it there's no way that it's like afraid that's just what happens in the world that it knows I guess I guess we're always sort of that that adage of it's more afraid of you than you are of it the base assumption there is that you're a huge lumbering beast and therefore it should be afraid of you but like as a human being we don't we exist without there being that many huge lumbering beasts around and the ones that do exist the fact their size does not by default uh, indicate their threat. Like, you're right. probably not mm. scared of a giraffe or an elephant unless right. it is fucking pissed at you and coming at you. But otherwise, right. you're just like... Yeah, just stare clear so I don't accidentally it's beautiful. get stepped on by an elephant. Yeah, hopefully but, that centipedes just look at us and appreciate our majesty. <laughs> yeah. And uh, are sort of like, oh, that dumb creature. Look at how... Gentle look, giants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at it Look at it preparing its meal to eat. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to them, we're like a... a well, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're essentially non... I don't know. Is a human an I mean, aggressor of a centipede? I mean, humans definitely kill bugs. Well, it can be an accidental aggressor, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you can I think accidentally people freak kill out, a centipede. It, but like, I, I feel like they that, generally it, occupy different spaces. It's like yeah. if you if giraffes were the size of skyscrapers, but they also just lived out in the plains, and we still basically right. lived in cities, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. look at those majestic giraffes. Don't... I mean, don't fucking go over there. Are you an idiot? Like, right. yeah. we, we, right. we would tell stories of when a, an, a human was an idiot or when a giraffe got lost and fucked you up. Yeah, just hoofed you. But you're not just like, every night the giraffes hunt us. Right. Like, we, we would just <laughs> right. fucking kill them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. And I mean... I'm centipedes just, would just leave. <clears throat> to the point of this question, they, I mean, the centipede is probably congregating in the place where it is least threatened by humans. Space. Where like, sc- mm. <laughs> outer space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The fourth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> leave that or there, between the walls, <clears throat> right? Uh, of between the walls of reality. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, we. I guess. I mean, to segue. Yeah. Uh, the diff- I think. I think maybe the equivalent for humans is the ocean, because you know, like a like a big fucking whale. I think is probably the only thing that exists where if you saw it, you would know, okay, I, I don't want to be in this fucking vicinity ever because this thing could just accidentally like swallow me. Even though that's not realistic, I feel like that is that is equivalent. You think that our fear, like <clears throat> the way that we fear giant aquatic creatures and sort of yes. fear of giant mm-hmm. squids, of whales, of like just the kraken, mm-hmm. of basically Lovecraftian yes. shit that washes up on shore. But, like, a giant centipede would exactly be that, because all of those beasts in the ocean were afraid of because they're fucking weird looking. That's true. And they have weird, unknowable behavior. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a, that's a thing that's part of, that's related to this, right? I mean, part of the reason I think people are freaked out by bugs isn't because they really pose, most of them anyway, don't really pose a real threat, but more because they just look weird relative to what we're used to. But if you just grew up interacting with bugs... If you were a boy raised by bugs... <laughs> If you were a boy raised by an omnipotent centipede, if you were me, you would my dad the centipede. You would not. You would not be my dad the centipede. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is Kafka for children. Yeah. Yeah. What if what if Kafka and the Jungle Book uh, were combined? (laughs) 
then I guess you money make it smash so hit at the box yeah, office. Perfect. So yeah. good. Uh, no, we should talk about that octopus city. Yeah, speaking yeah, of all of yeah. these things, speaking well, of you, unknowable creatures that may be closer to us than we think. Right. Yeah. So th- this was an this was an article that was that was uh, just published. Um, the the one we found was published in the Guardian, and uh, this is about a s- underwater city built and administered by octopuses. Yes, it has it has octopus denizens. Yeah, citizen octopus is uh, yeah. is my name for this <laughs> this segment of important if true. It says <laughs> it says in Jervis Bay, Eastern Australia. Uh, the octopus species has been seen to congregate, communicate, and even evict one another at a site marine biologists call Octlantis. <laughs> well, okay, keep going. I'll, I'll talk about Octlantis briefly. Professor David Scheel, who led the research, draws direct comparisons with our own communities in his new report. These behaviors are the product of natural selection and may be remarkably similar to vertebrate complex social behavior. One reason for these cephalopod herbs may be good food resources, but as with humans, octopus city life is no utopia. There is visual, visible aggression as the inhabitants continually try to chase one another out of each other's dens. But Godfrey Smith concludes these are multi-generated places that may concentrate the evolution of octopus brains. as such they offer unique opportunities to observe the behavior of animals said to possess the intelligence of a three-year-old human i'm not so sure it's a good idea is this just the reporter editorializing i'm not so sure it is a good idea here we are in our bipedal hubris worrying about ai when all the while there is an alien life form in the oceans getting ready for their own takeover bid that seems a little <laughs> presumptuous. I don't know if that... This was accidentally a happened? local news broadcast yeah, that got what, written up for yeah. The Guardian. <laughs> what is that? Where did that go? That was a weird turn. That this Keep watching the skies. Be afraid. <laughs> it's it's worth pointing I mean, it's, out. it's outrageous. We all know the centipedes are what we should be worried about. Right. Well, we haven't they found... They have so many more legs. We haven't Eight found... legs. Okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. hundred legs. Yeah, they got 92 to go. <laughs> the, the centipede cities we haven't found because they are uh, invisible to our eyes and minds. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you have to sort of slip through uh into into the into the center plane yeah um <laughs> this is actually the second octopus city discovered the, oh really the first octopus city was discovered in the remains of a sunken ship i think also in that same area of australia and it was called octopolis Re- for real yes wow. i wonder if they cleared they're like oh there's already an octopus how do they not it's actually know? similar people uh like it's a group of researchers who have found all of these things and someone oh. it was the, I, why, that's why great isn't that mentioned i can't I, sorry i lost i had the sorry book. we <laughs> neglected to mention that there are multiple octopus cities probably other ones we haven't found yet like this is this is portrayed as like a one-off yeah. novelty oh no it talks like, it talks oh i'm reading the, uh, the article in science magazine talks about octopolis okay um that was found in a ship and people had had said oh well the octopuses are probably just taking advantage of this man-made structure uh-huh. and then uh, then they found nearby that there's this entirely naturally occurring one which, they, which they called Octlantis. Oh man. So there's in fact two octopus cities where they just sort of taken their trash. Hopefully one of them is trash. like a suburb of the other one. <laughs> I really enjoy that the octopus city is just full of fucked up horrible urban life like they're like octopuses uh, build a city it's amazing uh they fight and beat each other up they and, and they, have, yeah. they evict yeah. each other out of their homes like multi-generational octopus <laughs> homes uh also <laughs> so the, the wait most, till you hit those octopus taxes uh, <laughs> important fact the this octopus species that is building these homes is octopus uh, tetricus is its latin name but its common name is the gloomy octopus <laughs> <laughs> so these city dwellers known as the gloomy octopus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, they built themselves uh, uh, homes and are miserable. <laughs> That's amazing. So they yeah. are just. So they yeah. they are like becoming their own species. No, I mean they. It's already. It's just the gloomy octopus is the one that. Has oh, they're the ones that homes. naturally. Yes, mm. that, that naturally build cities and are miserable. <laughs> the gloomy octopus, noted for yeah, building domiciles that it then fights over and evicts itself from. <laughs> Ruining families what and lives. What do they have to fucking evict each other from? It's the ocean. There's infinite space in there. I mean, there's you know not. Infinite. There's apparently not well. that many homes though. They have the the. Oct- yeah, they have the same stupid problems we yes, have. Yes, they believe yeah. that there's in fact an octopus ho- housing shortage. The octopuses themselves built out of seashells and garbage. Are you serious right now? Are you fucking? That's with no. Me? That's that's the postulation. That's is that like? That's amazing. Maybe the city of three-year-old children are also sort of looking back at this. Uh, mm. 
like beautiful civic structure and they're like we don't even know who built this and we you know like maybe the art of sort of civic infrastructure mm. is lost to the gloomy octopus uh, maybe they're maybe it's like yeah and on top of that that's why they don't build enough new houses they're like well we have to protect the historic nature of octlantis uh this is a historic community and these houses have been here for years and years and years we could have my no great, more than two great, octopus great domiciles high built on this octopus plot <laughs> built this shell and out of garbage trash and I I am moving it. back in I'm sorry my family's moving in so we're turning this back into a single occupancy <laughs> octopus uh, <laughs> trash heap get the fuck out yeah I've colored myself black as a threat and uh, like that's they yeah they apparently grab each other and throw them out and then like change their hue to be a really angry dark color to get mad at each other and then move into the house wow that's so crazy yeah. this is that's they're terrifying. just cartoon it's a cartoon city yeah this is just yeah. straight up like a <clears throat> Disney movie or like a, you know like a Zootopia yes yeah, so it's yeah, literally yeah. either called Oct- Octopia or Atlantis. Yeah. Or Octopolis, excuse Octop- me. Well, Octopia, they still have that left. Yeah, that's that's the, yeah. that's the third one. Yeah. Man, I I was like I remember <laughs> when I my as I was reading this article in real time, you know, like as my brain was forming reactions to it before I read it all and the little phrase came up Octopus City Life is no utopia. And I was like, okay, well, why would it... Okay, fine, whatever. Why would it be a utopia? Why would we expect it to be a utopia? It's a... Like, who, what, okay, great. Unremarkable. But I didn't expect it to be a fucking, like, hellscape nightmare right. version I, of I our why own it's not human a, world. a utopia, but I didn't expect a dystopia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would they choose to just have a miserable life where they fight each other all the time when they could just go hmm. build another house out of more trash? <laughs> yeah. yeah, why would... <laughs> why would, would why why would they do why that? Would I don't know. species choose to this perpetuate these problems? Uh, baffling. Strange, inconceivable. Strange. <laughs> well, it's also really cute that they build houses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like and it's, it's cute that they fight each second. other. It's cute that they have civilization. Look at that's it. That's what the centipede says about us, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's cute really that they built the houses. Yeah. Oh, I'm so up here adorable. in space, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, the centipede is way little... beyond this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the like expanding brain meme, Uh, (laughs) but it's just literally the same brain over again, saying octopus houses, human houses, and then there's like a four thousand times evolved brain that is fourth dimensional centipede centipede utopia multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess speaking of cities built by idiots, you want to talk about you want to talk about some uh, some human cities we've been discovering recently. Yeah. Some model cities built by humans. Yeah. So. This is uh, this has happened a little bit ago, um, but there is an, an entire fake town built solely for the purpose of robots, uh, so that self-driving cars can have a place to like safely drive around, so we can test them. M City is a completely artificial village for self-driving cars, bringing the future of automobiles back to Michigan, the historical home of Motor City and Nick Brecken. Yeah, Taking this is actually like. Three miles from my uh, my, oh, my oh, home. Oh, seriously, my home, from your childhood my home. My childhood home. Yeah. Taking lessons. I, was, I wasn't born in M City, but I was born in the greater M City area. <laughs> <laughs> Taking lessons from military <laughs> testing vehicles like Gravesend in England or Yodaville in the U.S. Y- <laughs> Yodaville. How is there another Yoda reference in, in this episode? What the hell? <laughs> um, the complex is made to simulate a wide variety of conditions. <laughs> um, Jake, I think you know more about this. I do. I didn't actually read all about that. <laughs> uh, I do. I mean, there's not a, a huge amount to to talk about about M City. It is what it what it says to be. It's a small. It's it, closer well, inspection <laughs> has found that uh, the city is actually home to a fleet of cars driven by men dressed up as car seats. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how they test it. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's just a little. It looks. It looks like Autopia. I mean, it, it's too bad they didn't call it that. Taken uh, yeah. our our. Naming the conventions, Disney, the Disneyland attraction. Yeah, it yeah. looks like it looks. It like does little, actually. Yeah, it's it's a little sort of interconnected group of of residential streets, parking lots, fake baby freeways, and it has things like it has a little downtown. But it's uh, if you look at it straight on, it looks like a quaint downtown. But then if you literally yeah, no, just turn to the, the side, of this is just, it's it's oh, just it's like so giant good. vinyl printouts of buildings yeah. uh, on top of with like metal <laughs> pipe structures. <laughs> uh, the thing that I thought was. So not knowing very much about it, but just looking at the uh, the pictures, 
it has like every kind of road in it, mm-hmm. which I guess is what you mean by it sort of looking like a theme park attraction. It's like a miniature. Yeah. Like it's, it's got sort like of an on-ramp and it has yeah. a, a four-way is, intersection. Yeah. Yeah. And there's little street signs and stuff. I mean, it really does look like the sort of main street area of a theme park, except that everything in it is a street for cars. Like it, 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 it looks sort of like charming and adorable, but then you look at it and you're like, wow, this sucks. This yeah. is like totally hostile to pedestrians or any other. It looks form like a skate trans- park for cars. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like a little kid, it, it looks like. A if, you're, if you're a little kid car. Yeah. No, it you're looks like, like really excited it's like to go what there. Autopia yeah. would be if you were just a car and not a person who is experiencing the thrill of driving a car. Like it's where you would take yeah. your little kid car to learn how to be a car. Right. It's like um, Safety Town, but for cars. What is, what safety, is safety Town? Oh, you guys didn't do Safety Town. No. We didn't do Safety Town. Oh, well, you do Safety Town. Is it's that a, a driver's a ed thing? thing? Yeah, well, no. When you're when you're like six, you get taken to Safety Town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Bad children get yeah, taken do. to Safety Town. Uh, and uh, you, it's it's basically just a huge room, like a, like a probably like a school gym size room uh-huh. with a mat on the ground, and the mat represents. Like, you know, roads and sidewalks. <laughs> and then they give you, like, plastic, you know, like those sort of Duplo plastic cars. Not, not um, sure. You know, that you sort of, like, like Flintstones run around with your feet. And then you drive around Safety Town simulating, you know, drive actual driving. Yeah. And then you learn how things function by sort of, like, fake driving around yeah. with other people. But then, of course, it's just, like, my experience of Safety Town was... I'm a child. I don't care about safety, so I'm just gonna treat <laughs> or this, this town. I'm just gonna treat the yeah, yeah, or this or this gloomy town, and I'm just gonna like play bumper cars with these cars. Oh no! And it was just like kids intentionally crashing into each other <laughs> and just trying to subvert safety town as aggressively How as old possible. Were you? you were six. I, yeah, pretty young. Why? I mean, they, what is the? F- Point. I mean, the idea is that because you're a car, you're going to more innately understand how cars function, and therefore you won't get run over by a car trying to cross the street or something. Even though every, I even bet though kids go to Safety Town and just subvert the shit out of it, yeah. I bet the fact that you know that you're subverting it actually yeah. helps you learn the rules of Safety Town. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet that that actually helps you internalize it. Right. Um, which you can't say for anything else that we're talking about here. But uh, <laughs> did you? Yeah. Do you? Are is it only for little kids? Do you go there when you're like 15 and actually? Oh, I don't. I I think they. I think it's. I think it's for little kids. But I mean, if you were if you were giant in that safety town, you could lord over that safety town really God, easily. I you just, could you could just I'm fucking destroy you guys see, safety town. All I think about when you guys keep saying safety town is I'm just thinking of Barter Town from Mad Max and some kind of like <laughs> like dystopian like oh. doggy dog yeah. wasteland. Well, safety town would get welcome eaten to, really welcome quickly. Welcome to safety town. Safety town would be wiped off the map very early in that movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just like politely learning how to drive, <laughs> like just yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always a massacre. Yeah. Have you guys actually? When the octopuses <laughs> moved in, it was all over. Yeah, you got evicted, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Jesus. When, what were you going to say, Jake? Oh, well, when climate change uh, <laughs> Sorry, hits. When Nick Brecken's centipede father took him to safety town, he wasn't prepared <laughs> for the brutish octopus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have, gentrification. I mean, then. right. The way things are going, we're gonna have to learn to coexist in a safety town octopolis hybrid that is our guaranteed future. Mm. Mm, yeah. That's true. When we have to fight the octopuses to reclaim safety town. The octopuses have taken safety town. <laughs> the last bastion of human civilization. Right, safety yeah. town. Weirdly built high atop uh, a mountain. Um, <laughs> in our shit water world. Have you guys actually looked into either Gravesend or Yodaville? Uh, no, I have no. not. No. Okay, they were they were passing mentions in this article about M City. <laughs> Sorry, Gra- is it is it Grave Send or Graves End? Because <laughs> yeah, Graves yeah, both, End is it like doesn't matter foreboding because, because Graves End is like a Lord of the Rings shit. up place. Graves End is a fake city built in England in two thousand three. To simulate crimes, riots, and terrorism. Oof. Whoa. Gravesend is just this totally gray brick built fake sort of English. Uh, Gravesend. I mean, it looks like a video game level. Like it's built with the color palette oh, wow. of like a Gears <laughs> of War game or uh, or of like Children of Men. I was just going to say like Children it, of Men. Yeah. It just, just looks like Children of Men. It just looks like the sets, sets. of Children of Men. Are they film movies here? No, they do 
like mil- simulated military actions and simulated Gee. like things blow up or riots move through this town and it's like it's 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 built I'm, I'm moving to safety town oh, <laughs> I don't man. want any part of this shit oh man uh, I just found a picture in Gravesend of a fake shuttered pizza place called Pizza Land, and it's the most, <laughs> it's the most bleak oh, thing man. in the oh, fucking wow. world. I hope there are like sh- disabled like Pizza Town robots inside of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pizza Land was built to simulate when uh, when the <laughs> yeah. pizza robot wars happened. When Showtime got, Pizza is over. Gravesend and, was built and, and, at extreme yeah. cost uh, and uh, to like taxpayer like. Consternation, but it was yeah. to prepare for every possible yeah, outcome. For, right. <laughs> it was to prepare for the self awareness and sentience of pizza robots. Yeah, when that inevitably there's a happens. part where Gravesend sort of touches a fake seaside, and that's for when the octopi uh, mm, uprises. Right. Well, yeah. like you'll thank us later was what the the British <laughs> military generals said in regards <laughs> to the extreme expenditure. Uh, Yodaville, <laughs> Yodaville, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yoda. I don't even remember why I referenced Yoda in this episode. Uh, you're talking about Yoda, Yoda Man. Uh, <laughs> True. Yodaville. I don't remember why I was doing that, but yeah. Yodaville is built by the United States military in uh, the Nevada desert. It's referred to as the Urban Target Complex or R2301 West, a.k.a. Yodaville. It was named... Uh, for the call sign of the guy who started the project, and his call sign was Yoda. Yoda. Oh. It was named after Yoda. It was named after. Oh. It was named who after. Founded this town. <laughs> it was. It was named, Jedi Master Yoda. It was named after our founder. Quote Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Yodaville is also fucked up. Yodaville was built as a city l- literally designed to be destroyed. Yodaville is a city built in the middle of the desert. Modeled after uh, basically Middle Eastern towns, and it's wow, it's, that's bleak. It exists mm. to drop bombs and fire what missiles the into. Hell? <laughs> so Jesus. So uh, I'm sorry to bring us all, all of down. This shit is terrible. <laughs> yeah. So it, it honestly, you know, as far as like cities that are built, octopuses doing it right. As yeah. far as like microcosms revealing the darkness of actual human. <laughs> all of these are bad. All so of every bad. everything is. All of them bad. are bad. Yeah. yeah as far as <laughs> a town about safety in which everyone just rams into each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> An adorable undersea animal village in which evictions are rampant. Yeah. Uh, like Replicas what? of quaint uh, Middle Eastern and Western European cities which are designed to, to, to be destroyed. To be destroyed be, or yeah, suppressed. Wiped off the map. Yeah. <laughs> what mm. the hell? <laughs> God. Anyway. This concludes our tour of the world's theme parks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Let's take a break. I gotta yeah. get breathe. Hmm. I thought that I had a positive cap to put on all of that, and then it, it, <laughs> no. it, melted, away. Uh, it melted away. It melted away. It melted away like pizza land. <laughs> all of this given, I feel like M City might be our brightest hope. Oh, yeah. What? Why? It's a good one. I mean, one. I guess in that it's not getting destroyed or like suppressed by the military or something. Yeah, it just. But it's the, also, there's no place for humans in it. It's all cars. Well, I mean. It, well, when we get sucked up into the cars. Oh, sure. When we are just. The, when we are the cars. That's, that'll be oh, fine. Oh, is that what you meant when earlier when you were saying <laughs> safety li- town is preparation for becoming a car? Oh, I didn't even think about it in the context of Safety Town. But yeah, no, that's clearly just like indoctrinating children for oh, their future man. as, yeah, as right. being, so uh, you know. The, yeah. the, the montage that plays is Yodaville, <laughs> Gravestown, Octopolis, yeah. and then just like human salvation lies yeah. among the cars. First, yeah. at, age, at age six, yeah. you, you go to Safety Town to learn how to drive a car. But then as you get older, you go to M-City to learn how to be a car. Right. right which you, start, you start by disguising yourself as a car seat and driving around inside yes, of M-City. Yes, right. yes, yes. Right. And then eventually you, your brain you is downloaded into the car, or rather right. your body is built into the car. First right. you disguise yourself as the car seat, <laughs> and then you, quote, stay there, <laughs> oh, no. and then you are the car. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak, and literally. And literally, yes. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Yeah. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Warby Parker. Prescription eyeglasses and sunglasses, and if you go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. Chris, I couldn't help but notice that you had five frames sent to you yesterday. I did. I got five more frames. Are they I, Are they in this building right now? Uh, yeah, they are. All right, well. Okay, <laughs> Uh, all right, so if you are watching the 
video of this, you'll get to see me try on some frames now. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> so this first one is the Oliver 200 in Whiskey Tortoise. Mm. That's nice, Chris. It's good luck. Yeah, yeah. I like that tortoise so look. That that's actually that accentuate, accentuates the uh, f- aspects of your face that are combined with Jeff or that are shared with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I think that's going to be a common theme with the oh yeah the fr- with, the I, I think, with the thick yeah. frames in general. that's totally going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, less so with those, but yeah, they're a little they're taller, a little bit taller. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Dorset two hundred whiskey tortoise. <laughs> <clears throat> this is the. Weldon 283 Cognac Tortoise. Mm, the web mm. developer. <laughs> <laughs> Next Full up. stack Ramo. <laughs> Weldon 280 in Sugar Maple. Mm. No, Jake's, Jake's not in Jake. No. Yeah, Jake had a very visceral reaction. Nothing that. exciting there. No. Uh, you, Jake, you'll enjoy this. Just like a Sheldon or whatever that was. <laughs> you look like a Sheldon. I don't know what that means. Uh, you'll enjoy these next oh. ones. Warby Parker Ames 3200 and Whiskey Tortoise. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> the the NASA yeah. dad. Yeah. NASA dad. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly kind of leaning towards these just because it's such an outrageous statement. That is a, that is a wild look. It is. Yeah. That is a bold. Yeah. That's a bold move. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the uh, old Kevin Costner is what those are known as. The aged the aged Kevin Costner. Yeah. Hmm. Jake, I'm, <clears throat> I'm inferring that your vote was for... That first pair. Oh well, that's the most gold bloom. The Oliver yeah. Two Hundred Whiskey yeah. Tortoise. Um, I Nick, say, I, I say, go with the last pair. I yeah. say, just do it. Yeah, you're backing up oh, my yeah. whiskey instincts. I, I think you should go yeah. for it. So yeah, <laughs> Warby Parker. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you listening to the podcast just now, but hopefully Jake's uh, comparisons painted some enticing pictures in your mind. If you want to try on your <laughs> own frames, which started a very, very reasonable ninety five dollars, these are very affordable compared to uh, many nice. Uh, prescription frames, uh, you can go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, get your own home try-on uh, without having to spend any money before you are ready to go ahead and pick one to get to buy. That's warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. And we have a shout-out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good face, Nick. <laughs> is, the, is the sound that Nick your is face so made? flabbergasted by this. Uh, well, <laughs> buckle in, Nick. Because here we go. This is Alex wishing her partner, Peter, a happy birthday. She says, one of the first podcasts Peter introduced me to was Idle Thumbs, and now we listen to Important If True together every week because nothing builds relationships like and robots. Jag Elskadi, Swedish for I love you. Pronounced along the lines of Jag Elskadi. <laughs> but a little spoiler, I, s- I skipped ahead there ah. to the uh-huh. pronunciation uh-huh. part. Uh, but don't fret too much about it. Let your pronunciation fly free. In that <clears throat> case, Jag Alskerdig. <laughs> a merry Jag Alskerdig to you, um, Alex and Peter. Yeah. Jag Alskerdig. Jag Alskerdig. <laughs> Jag Alskerdig. If your position is that nothing builds relationships like <laughs> and robots, I think it is our sincere hope that to some degree both and to a high degree one of those reduces in frequency on this podcast uh mm. so mm. keep that in mind when like building your relationship or considering what you need out of this relationship with each other because um but how in control of our destiny are are, are any of us if we can learn Only anything from the octopus city yeah. and city and fucking yodaville not not in control. Ah, Jack Elskerdig. <laughs> we are back. Hello. We are back on this podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to M City. Uh, speaking of cars driving, uh, yeah, that voice "Welcome to M City" is what the road says when your car wheels yes, pass over. That's it. exactly yeah. right. Abby wrote in to say, "I'm guessing I'm not the first, but here's a link to a Snopes." article about musical highways with some visual priming. I bet it could talk. So uh, there is a Snopes piece that demonstrates that about a claim that there is a musical road in the United States that plays the music to America the Beautiful as you drive over it at 45 miles per hour. And the Snopes page uh, demonstrates, yes, this is true. This is a true fact. There is such a musical road. And uh, this exists in – there are a few different countries that have musical roads at some point or another 
totally unsurprisingly, one of them is Japan. And I, I looked up a video of one of like Japanese musical road and it's cool. I mean, they're all cool. It's just, it's weird and strange to see a video of a car just driving on a highway and just, do you want to hear it? All the, yeah, sure. All the ambient noise. It sounds like a weird old um Yeah. It's like an Edison wax cylinder recording yeah. of like an old brass band or something just like sort of Right. Uh, or or it sounds like, a, like just a dirge. Yeah, the thing I was thinking of is like um do you guys know in the seventies uh the sort of pre synthesizer instruments, the way they worked was by you press down on a the on a key on the keyboard and what it actually does is it plays a tape loop. Oh yeah. So like, what you, are those people, things called? Uh, a mellotron. Yeah, is, is okay. the one that is like one that was used to to simulate string a string section. Like each key would be hooked up hmm. to a tape loop that is a tape recording of like string instruments playing that note. And so you play them all. You depress all the keys, and it creates this weird sort of uncanny version of a string section that is actually a bunch of recordings of string instruments but has this weird vibe to it because it doesn't have any of the dynamics that right. a real string section would have. So it's a strange midpoint between like what synthesized string sounds like and what real this? strings sound like. Oh no, fuck, that's... No? Fuck, that's a <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> shit, I played the wrong recording. No. Sorry, god uh, damn it, I'll find it one day. That's a different street in, yeah. uh, <laughs> in M-City. It's that's yeah, just that's when, way the, more when, the car, when the cars are, like, you know, uh, driving like, in circles in their little, like, club or something. <laughs> that's what, that's what plays, yeah. I know! I have a recording that has that instrument on it somewhere, but I can't find it, and instead I just played a ridiculous thing <laughs> that is a different thing. So I'm happy about that, but sad also, because no one will know what a Mellotron sounds like. Um, well, I can I can put some in yeah. on, on the episode. Uh, it has a really cool sort of ghost, almost <laughs> like ethereal sound that that splits the difference between different kinds of uh, like reproductions of music in a weird, weird way. Yeah, um, a lot of like '70s bands used those. It was a really specific mm. vibe. The digital equivalent of that is actually if you were ever into music on the Amiga, it really like mod files were like. Mm. Uh, MIDI pitched based notes, but the instruments were all just tiny, absolutely crappy recordings ah. of little samples. And it has that same feeling of like, this is kind of like an organic sounding instrument, but also it clearly sounds nothing like right. an instrument. Because the dynamics are artificial. Yeah. It's like start, stop. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have like the way a person, like a real person playing an instrument, like eases into something, like leans into something. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, that road sounds like that to you. The road, <laughs> it did. I don't know. There's something about it, like, because it has that indefinable quality of like an organic thing is making this, right? There's just like, but it's digitally pitch shifted. Yeah, it's not. It's not digitally it, pitch shifted, well, but it's, it's, but it's stepped. Like hard steps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got that like indefinable quality that's like, oh, I can identify that this isn't like well, a perfectly yeah. synthesized. Synthesized. It's an instrument un- made of stone, like, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's super. It's fascinating. Anyway. Uh, the thing I was thinking about is like maybe this is how the cars communicate with each other on M City. Like, could you imagine having uh, like twelve different lanes, like oh. micro lanes? It would right? be like a, it would like, be like vinyl. Only, it would be like it's like grooves and you know that you could exa- switch. You yeah, know. exactly. Like, yeah. what if you if the car if you basically if there was a fifth wheel like, underneath that could that was the speaking wheel oh, that could slot I was, around uh, on I between lanes. I was thinking of the entire car moves like one foot to the left, mm. five feet to the left to go five sort of semitones, okay. three feet to the yeah. right to go three semitones, and so the car you're just like basically doing micro lane changes. Oh, that has to be so fast. fast. I know, but they're self-driving cars, insane. and they could do it. They could do it yeah. without slamming into each other. It would be fucking crazy. Imagine looking at that from a bird's eye view, yeah. and seeing these cars like wildly. So you hear a car just going like, yeah. like, oh, I see. And they're like, ah, to me, to me, to me. <laughs> that would actually be a case where you'd want to engineer that re- that sort of repetitive based um, speech pattern back out of it because that's actually a point where it becomes really inefficient to have to repeat to me to me to mm. me a bunch of times right so they would probably like 
left to their own devices, they would, they would probably evolve so that a it, super it is, hyper If you go do 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 between like our do 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 between two tones, that's like that's to me to me to me. Sure. Instead of having to yeah. F- yeah, instead like, of having to phrase the full. Well, really, yeah. they would just probably like Morse code or something that's yeah, just based right. on the length of the tone as opposed to the right. actual five path. channel oh, yeah, five code. channel simultaneous yeah, Morse yeah. code. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, hmm. but eventually they one of them would have to learn to talk to humans, and it would basically have to watch that YouTube video of the piano. Oh, I think it's trying to speak English, and then <laughs> except it's a speaking, it's speaking that weird bot. It's speaking language. evolved bot bot yeah. English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You I need to bring in basically a Dr. Spezzo hooked up to that uh, weird Facebook bot or whatever it was to translate back down into English from a car saying <laughs> uh, with its tires waggling around on a road. Yeah. I want like, But eventually we would just... we would make peace this way though, Chris. This yeah. is this is how we no. work our way out of all of these tiny micro cities of of horrible disaster. <laughs> this is, is through, just, you know. Through- the, the commonality of language. It's right. just the worst version of like Close Encounters or something where the end of the movie <laughs> right. is just like 50 people all in front of like computer banks and they're just like, oh, he's well, saying to me, to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, looking down at a, t- at a tiny oh, city of cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Arrival. She's like yeah. painstakingly translating <laughs> yeah. all the shit yeah, 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 yeah. in Arrival, but every single thing they ever right. say is just the words to it's me. It's like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> what is that? So, oh, uh, to me, yeah, to me. It's like a fucking wild guess about what they said man uh <laughs> why do it's weird like you know you do, you always think that like if alien you know alien abductions like why don't they ever abduct people from major cities like new york or like london or to- tokyo or whatever why is it always from weird backwoods places like yodaville why do they only abduct people from m city and yodaville it's weird from octopolis i don't know pretty weird seems like quite a coincidence Anyway, so the centipede is just watching from a ridge at this nonsense, just shaking its yeah. head. Shaking all of itself. Shaking all of itself. <laughs> Which it yeah. knows to our primitive minds looks scary, but it's just... Right, it's, but it's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. It's it's really going, shifting uh, in and out of dimensions yeah. as it does that. With disdain. Yeah. With disdain? Disdain. Oh, sorry. Shut up. Avery writes... Merry belated slash early hoist miss thumbs. Hmm. Following your recent conversations, I got to thinking, would an advanced AI be capable of self-hoisting? I mean, under what circumstances, if any, would an intelligence who conceivably thinks countless moves into the future, calculates probabilities, and is connected to all the information available online, can set itself up to a self-hoisting situation? The mind boggles. Thanks, Avery. Well, first off, I think it's worth pointing out that we exist... And we've created M City, Yodaville, and Gravestown, or whatever the <laughs> hell that place is called. Yeah. So, I feel Gravesend. like Gravesend. Gravesend. <laughs> that is Jesus. the most. I. It's the most like anime, like well, anime dystopian anime, anime or, or something, or like high fantasy. Yeah. You know, or sort yeah. of mod- I guess modern it's, dark fantasy. It's what England names that place. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, everyone true. from England. It's, we no, have true. our own stupid things that we name things in America. Like we would probably call it fucking uh, Yodaville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We made. Uh, it's named after a brand. <laughs> we named it after Yodaville. Uh, someone in England finds it very moving or clever that it's called that in a way that depresses me the same way that uh, they are probably depressed immensely by Yoda man <laughs> I've yeah yeah I mean all the names are bad we got Octopolis <laughs> we got Yodaville we got Octave whatever the other one M was. City which Octolantis. is lowercase M capital city oh yeah that's just, true yeah. that one just sounds like a brand as well mm-hmm. yeah. all bad we got Safety Town M City has yeah. a Safety Town is the most honest of all of them I suppose yeah. uh, M City it, has a street name in the only photo of it that I saw named Wolverine Avenue. So I can only assume <laughs> yes. I can only assume all the other ones are named after dorky shit and not animals. <laughs> what the fuck? Yodaville? Wolverine Avenue? Meet what me is in this N City shit? at the cross street of Wolverine Avenue and Dr. Xavier Street or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's well, and yeah. Dumbledore Lane. <laughs> it's Michigan Wolverines. It's, it's U of M. So oh, it's, that's yeah. probably true. You're uh, fucking right. No, I know, but there probably know still right. is a street named Dumbledore Lane in there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> unrelated. Almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> the cars came up with those names based on what their like algorithms determined human beings care about. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of all of this, self-hoisting AI. Oh yeah, right. Dumbledore Lane, Faves Street. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, self-hoisting AI. 
Sorry, I was operating under the idea that we ourselves were the self-hoisting AI, Chris. Oh, but, oh, oh we're yeah. Not, we, yeah, but we well, can't see. Is that true of, this, of us there? This says, an intelligence who conceivably thinks countless moves into the future, calculates probabilities, and is connected to all the information available online. We are all those things, whether no, or not we choose, no, not. Not we no, choose to not. engage in that information. We're only the last one. We're connected to all the information online, but we're not <laughs> thinking countless moves into the future. We're fi- fucking Chris, thinking zero moves into the future okay. at all times. What I'm saying is we are capable of aspiring to all of the things in this, and instead we choose to make Yoda Town. Yeah, because what happens if you have information, access to all the information online, but no ability to like think critically about any of it or do anything useful uh, with that information? Uh, the thing you do is make Yodaville, Wolverine Street, and Dumbledore Lane. I'm pretty sure that's the natural outcome of having all the online information and doing nothing useful with it. Yeah. My, my expectation, based on every microcosm we've discussed, is that there would be, need to be no... Um, creation of a self-hoisting AI unless you t- take AI in the plural sense and assume that all AIs if they eventually replace humans will collectively self-hoist I think that like you mean just mm. by well, yeah I mean actually that's a pretty fair assumption given what yeah. has happened to the octopuses yes right like yeah. once they start to approximate yeah. human society and behavior instantly hoisted yes uh, tones carved into the street that when a different tire rides over them injects malware into the car and crashes it <laughs> like <What>? self <laughs> is that like a corporate sabotage thing yeah, yeah. i mean just that's aggressive marketing i guess yeah when m city just is destroyed because people start gouging things into the street in uh in audio reprogramming warfare that just causes all of the cars to run mm-hmm. into each other and right, yeah. you know oh i see i see what you're what you're saying yeah yeah you're saying like you're you're saying you're injecting yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's just there's clearly the ability to do some sort of nefarious code insertion through yeah. through this. Yeah. And I assume once you once you once you can pick up instructions and communication through the street, you can use it to spread misinformation. <laughs> the idea, like, go back a few decades, and someone says, like, yeah, I pick up information through the street, and it's like, ah, oh, I see. <laughs> You're like a streetwise. Yeah. Just got your ear to the ground. Uh, no, I mean, I literally, like, music plays the street, and I understand that a bunch of robots are saying to me to each other <laughs> a bunch of times. Welcome to 2017. Welcome but, to September 21st, 2017. But watch this as that person then just scrapes a couple of, like, a couple of stripes Notches out into, and yeah. reprograms Oof. the street musical barcode. Welcome to Safety Town. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I, I don't no know idea. what any of this is anymore. I've lost it all, you guys. Uh, let's do endorsements. <laughs> I know what I'm going to endorse. Ugh. Jake, what are you going to endorse? I'm going to endorse a website on the internet. I'm going to endorse an internet web page, an HTML page. Okay. 80s.nyc. That is the number eight, the number zero, the letter S.nyc. 80s.nyc. Is this an official New York City website? Uh, I'm not sure if it's made by New York or if someone, or if it's an just an art project involving, or that's like blessed by the city of New York. It's, um, it's a... Street view of New York City as it was in the mid 1980s. Mm. Um, the city of New York spent five uh, did a five year long project where they just drove a van around doing basically a primitive version of street view. It's not the full 360. They pointed a camera out of each side of the car and collected video of most streets in the entire greater city of New York. Wow! And someone has taken that footage and pulled every unique frame worth of space out of it and remapped it onto a wow. map. So like Crazy. it's all sort of <clears throat> perspective view from a car. They they didn't shoot it straight on so you can't stitch together into perspective shots, mm. but sure. you can get you can basically drag a little street view guy or click anywhere inside of a map of New York City and it will show you what the storefront or building right there looked like in like 1983. And well, that's it, amazing. it's a really cool it's project. a really cool site yeah, yeah. so that sounds awesome um i don't have a ton of personal connections to new york but just its history has always been fascinating it's just a yeah. huge city wow. in america so if you go to 80s.nyc you can poke around at you know like obviously Times square or whatever like big notable areas and also just like any random residential street because they spent five years driving vans with camcorders up and down the entirety of the city that's crazy and now it's on the internet is wow. it all five boroughs the whole city yeah, yeah. Ev- every property in the five boroughs yep wow that's amazing yeah wow. god wow that's so funny that's when i as a kid uh lived in new york keep an eye out for a young chris ramo <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like you know an age when i had obviously no you don't like 
if you don't perspective for that kind of thing at all, like, but right. it'll be interesting to sort of backport some of that stuff. I mean, I do remember really intensely, um, like when I moved to California, uh, you know, when I was like, uh, I guess I would have been six or seven or something. I remember watching Sesame Street or like, I don't know if I was like necessarily still watching Sesame Street regularly at the time, but I remember this feeling of seeing the way that streets looked in Sesame Street and being like, oh yeah, like that's what streets look like as compared to the Southern Californian sort of suburban thing that we moved to, which doesn't look anything like that. Right. And I remember like the way Sesame Street looked was like very iconic in my mind because it like felt like this true thing to me. Mm-hmm. It's like really hard to explain, but I, it's a, I'm lo- really looking forward you to it. You should get lost in 80s NYC. This. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Uh, this is a weird one for me. I'm going to endorse a podcast. Okay. Um, How dare you? I know, weird. Uh, it's not a podcast I would normally think to listen to, but um, it's the West Wing Weekly. Oh, that uh-huh. podcast is great. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So, here's the thing. I had two assumptions going into the West Wing Weekly. Um, one, that it would be incredibly charitable to the West Wing just because it's a fan rewatch podcast. Okay. And one of the persons on the podcast was an actor in on the show. In some episodes J- of the Joshua show, yeah. Molina, you know, is friends with Aaron Sorkin. Who, who is um, that actor? Uh, jo- Josh Molina, he, he was... Uh, is that God, a character name or an actor name? That's, that's an actor, actor name. Okay. I forget what the character's name he is. Was he was in plays. mostly post-Sorkin. Episodes, it was a, he was he? in season four. He replaced uh, Rob Lowe. Okay. And so he was in season four onward. But... Um, and so I just assumed, you know, he's really good friends with Aaron Sorkin. I assumed that going into it that they would kind of have kid gloves, basically, when sure. it comes to, you know, critiquing the show. But it def- they definitely do not. Um, and it's one of the things that, like, makes it listenable to me because I love The West Wing, but there are a lot of, like, it's 20 years later or whatever. There are a lot of things in that show that don't really hold up or that Aaron Sorkin kind of... Uh, yeah, there, there, there are definitely some things that need to be talked about in the context of like enjoying that show. They're, you know, they're now, somewhat sort yeah. of problematic, and they do a really good job of actually hitting on that stuff. Part of the reason this podcast is interesting to me is that it's a rewatch show, twenty years on, that has these people on, and they have a certain amount of distance from the experience of doing the show, which one. Uh, it gives them sort of a, an interesting perspective on it, but then two allows them to actually talk about it really honestly in a way yeah. that they wouldn't if there's, the show was still no running. There's no promotion for the show yeah. in, in this in the podcast. They yeah. can just tell stories about like what it was like, and some of those stories are really not necessarily like great experiences, or you know, like they talk about actors on the show that didn't work out and like directors that they didn't like. And does this show this podcast have any value if you aren't? A West Wing fan? Oof. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. Okay, I was just checking. Yeah, I, I assumed that was the answer, but no, with makes, a, with a couple sense. exceptions. Just, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something that I I would normally uh, uh, think to listen to. Actually, I went to a live taping here in the city. Uh, <laughs> I saw Aaron Sorkin on the street beforehand, and he was watching two people like fight in the Castro. I was just like, and Jan- Janelle and I were just sort of watching him. Like kind of the way that I like watched Goldblum in the airport, where I just started following him for a minute down the street. It was very strange. <laughs> did you anyway, his, did you take his uh, shoes? I thought about taking his shoes, uh, but he had them on <laughs> at the time. Uh, but uh, I also I, <laughs> so you didn't think that hard. No, about yeah, it. but I ran into a podcast listener who was literally sitting right next to me during the show, and uh, it was really cool. Did he keep and, staring uh, at you? No, no. It was he it stole was just, your shoes. I think as we stood up, we realized, or he realized that I was sitting. <laughs> you look, you, look you realized, ah, you listened to you my stole podcast. my shoes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, I recognize you yeah. from my weird botnet device that is <laughs> sent out through right. all of our podcast recordings. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, I am going to endorse a film, a cl- a classic Hollywood film, oh. uh, The Thin Man. I don't know if either of you. I've never seen The Thin Man, but it's been on my list to see yeah. for a long time. Same. You should definitely watch The Thin Man. I think both of you would really enjoy this movie. This is a 1934 uh, sort of hybrid comedy slash detective mm. movie. Um, it's about a uh, a married couple, Nick and Nora Charles. Right. And this they- the Nick and Nora movie. Yeah. yeah. And they okay. solve a crime. 
and just and also drink martinis constantly. Is that the Nick and Nora cocktail glass? The is Nick and Nora glass after, is named after yeah. the, the kind of cocktail yeah. glass that they used in these movies. Right. Um, this this went on to become a huge series, and I've only seen the first film, and I've heard that it gets kind of increasingly less essential mm. as the series goes on as it just kind of turned into a formula that they just milked. Um, but the first film, which is the one I've seen, is kind of amazing. It's really light on its feet. Uh, it is outrageous how much they drink in this movie and like act drunk <laughs> much of the time. It's <laughs> bizarre. It's It's really... It's a cool thing. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a 1934 film, so there's obviously stuff in it that is doesn't like always match up to modern sensibilities. Just th- that's inevitable. It would be silly to expect otherwise. Right. But there is something that feels weirdly contemporary about it because of I think the sort of ease that Nick and Nora they have a sort of like a friendship with each other that is really a- appealing and the way the character's relationship with alcohol is very fascinating um, because it's very different from the way that um, the modern version of this film would obviously be like a very kind of raunchy or Mm. outrageous like you know the hangover or something where um, you know the characters end up in like insane situations and and things are like explode and obviously that is just not what a movie in 1934 was going to be Instead, they drink the way that actual adults do in life, which is like you have people over to your apartment or you're in a bar and you just order, you just keep drinking and you're just kind of goofy. You know, like you're not mm-hmm. going on a weird like rampage with a stolen car and like jumping it off of a ramp into the ocean and then, you know, like causing a police car pile up across three states. It's just like, nope, you're just a weird kind of lush who's hilarious. Uh, and but also like they solve a crime. It's hard sounds to, really good. It's really good. It's super fun. It is super duper fun. It's called The Thin Man, um, and it is totally worth watching. In large part because of the the chemistry between the uh, the stars William Powell and Myrna Loy, and it's it is just a it is a ton of fun. The Thin Man. Watch it. Nice. nice. Yep. Those are our endorsements. So thank you for joining us on Important If True. We'll be back next week with another episode of this podcast. And if you have any questions for us, if you need our help, you need our advice, our consultation, our recommendations, our um, assistance with some problem or question, you can send that to questions at importantiftrue.com and we will do our best. Our website is importantiftrue.com, and there you can find all of the places that we reside on the internet. If you would like an ad-free version of this podcast, you can get that by uh, pledging to our Patreon at patreon.com slash importantiftrue, and all the, the details are there. If you do like the show, please consider telling a friend about it. Post on Twitter, post on Facebook, uh, whatever you can do to spread the word. That is really the, the one tool we have um, for finding an audience for this show, and it means so much to us when you share it that way. All right, on that, we'll be back next week. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Uh, before we go, this episode has been a little bit bleak. It's been a little bit of a downer, which, you know, I mean, reflects maybe the world that we live in. But fortunately, um, we've discovered the secret of the friendly centipede who can show us windows <laughs> into other worlds that may be different from our own. So before we leave, I think we should leave you with glimpses into two alternate realities, um, one which will be familiar to all of you. And one uh, is a window into a world we alluded to last week based on a reader question about robots and what we may become uh, that was that was created or at least revealed to us by Idle Forum's reader, Infamous Space Turtle. So mm. um, our friendly, important, true centipede will now do its magic for us. Buckle in. <laughs> buckle in. Why, why is this week Yoda and buckle in? <laughs> Gotta buckle into your car. Uh, Buckle in and be converted into a car. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle into your car. The buckle doesn't unlock.
Um, I said, Mad Can Salvation lies among the cars and no one heard me. And I'm very <laughs> happy. <laughs> so edit out me claiming that right now, please. Yeah. And just leave the original in and hope that someone notices it. Please, you guys. <laughs> This is very humorous. It's zero nine one four two zero one seven, and this is important if true. A vital thumbs. I'm Christopher Rimmel. And I'm Nick Brecken. On today's show, we'll be having endorsements, 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 endorsements. Welcome. Welcome. I forgot to put suntan lotion on my feet. Ha ha. You just do it. Uh, boring. Uh, yeah, no. Not boring, Chris. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are not healthy. What are you talking about? Unhealthy. Yes, they are. Unhealthy. What do you I'm mean? Do not lie. Yes, they are. Uh-huh. We're moving uh, on before I get uh, all riled up. I'm loving it. 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 Speaking no, I, of speaking of futures where we don't talk about poop anymore. Oh yeah, okay. All was, right, yeah, there it is. That my... There, that's the segue. We did it. Uh, yeah. Well, I uh, got my haircut, which which, as we all know, means that I talked to Landis, who was what I guess basically the originator of this entire uh, stupid, 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 stupid chain of, chain of poop stuff. But uh, notably. And Chris, I know you went in to talk to her, so I don't know what she told you. Oh, she told me that the person that she believes to be the originator yes. of this story was going to come in oh. the next day. Okay. So I was like, okay. oh, man. So that happened. I hope Nick gets there before our next podcast. Yeah, so that happened, and Landis told me <laughs> that she confronted her yeah. oh, very wow. pointedly. Oh, no. As Landis would do, because she doesn't know any better. <laughs> she, yeah. would just, she just said, like... You know, I, uh, you know, there was this whole, po- I mean, she just explained the entire, what what happened, essentially, you know, that, that, that you know, she had relayed the story to you, and but that I had, et cetera, et cetera. Did the person then say, well, I was just in Bristol visiting my boyfriend, and it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I no. told, that's why I told you about it three months ago. What? Because it just happened last week when I was in Bristol. <laughs> what she said is, she started to backtrack in a really gross, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm oh, way, no. where she started saying, like, well, actually, like, I think I may have read that on on a blog um, and I think it's these two girls on a blog that wrote about it or something and anyway oh, and Lance no. was like but you told me that it happened to your friend's mom or something like you definitively like she was like I remember what you told me and she yeah. was like no like, yeah I think it was this thing it I read like on the internet blog. or like something yeah <laughs> Aww. So she completely, oh, no. recanted completely entirely. recanted. Yeah, which Ouch. means though that that was an intentional like attempt at like a hoist. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. that was an intentional. Yeah, she wanted to make herself seem like she had an incredible story. Yeah, that happened to her. Yeah. Now, I mean, which I'm, which is kind of amazing. I mean, it's just something that I would never think to do, really. You know, but like the fact that that was, I mean, the fa- look what it led to. I mean, like we, they, she was clearly successful right. to some degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, yeah, she caused that poor girl in Bristol to get stuck in a window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's been fucking around with the times. Yeah. What does she think she is a centipede? Humans <laughs> have to be careful with this shit. Yeah, we're not masters of space and time. <laughs> we can't we walk can't up just, walls. Like, we can't wiggle into the moon. The multiverse willy yeah. nilly yeah. with your your interdimensional poop tails. <laughs> Keep a lid on it. Be, be careful. Bag it up. Bag it up. Bag it up. <laughs> and leave it in the in the house yeah. where it belongs. Yeah, yeah. Don't throw it. <laughs> anyway, so that that's well, that's, I mean, what other, I, I, the that's the other, story. The other good yeah. outcome of this is, I hope, I don't hope, 
but the other like possible outcome of this is that now every single time that person goes in to get her haircut, oh yeah, there's they know, yeah, that sh- that she's a liar. Well, right, yeah, everything she says, yeah, like oh, I had this, yeah. you know, I just like, just anything, like, any small yeah. thing, it's going to be into, call it a question, yeah, 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 taken to safety town. <laughs> <laughs>